even after all of that that they went through at the end, mm-hmm. Kirk is still like, all right, well, you know, this kid, he needs to be around, like, people. Like, we'll, we'll take this I kid. I know. Right? Uh, and he's already li- made a lady a lizard. I know. He he made a lady into a Dick Tracy character. Y- yes. A lot of, like, attacks against women in this. Like, I don't know what's going on uh, with that. I think he... That's the, Charlie's uh, reacting adolescently. Yeah. Uh, he, he really wanted uh, Janice to like him. And when she didn't, I think he just was like... All women must pay. So what I yeah. really what I like about Janice Rand, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I like about Janice Rand and her hairstyle for one. That's that's all I like. Oh. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Oh <laughs> no, I mean like you know now in this like day and age where we're looking for all kinds of different corners of the Star Trek universe to dig into, mm. you know, and explore. And there was a captain before Kirk. Let's do a show about him. Yeah. Right. Um. And now we've got, like, Lower Decks. You know, there's Lower Decks, like, episode... DS9 did, a, like, a Lower Decks episode, too, didn't they? No, Voyager did. Yeah, Voyager did. With the McKee crew members and two yeah. trying to whip them into shape. Yeah. Um, and now... But, like, Jan, we had that character all along. Like, Janice is, like... You know, she's an officer, a low-ranked officer, I'm assuming. Mm. But she's the person who... Yeah, she's a girl, so, you know, she doesn't have a command role or she doesn't like tell anybody what to do because we got rid of number one Mm -hmm. but she was like the outsider perspective like she was the normal person that was just like this is some crazy stuff like what's going every day you're there's a green hand grabbing your ship but like i'm just providing like the whoa what is this kind of like basic human reaction to things Uh um so you know i wish she hadn't been assaulted, <laughs> you know, and wanted to quit the show. Oh, um, oh wow. Yeah, okay. I had to bring everything down. But, oh, no, uh, she was assaulted? Well, read her uh, autobiography. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it on a Star Trek show, which this is not. No, it's not. This is the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your yes. host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Yekan Hana. We only rarely talk about Star Trek. We'll be talking more about Star Trek on this week's episode of Enterprising Individuals. Yes. Check that out. Maybe yep. some Janice Rand talk. We don't know. <laughs> in the meantime, we're here to report all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. Mm-hmm. And often that news is sad. Uh, yes. This has been a really bad weekend. Yes. I would agree with that. And I hate uh-huh. always starting the show with people passing away. I but... know. But it just seems to be a... It seems like it's happening at an exponential rate these days. I don't so. think that it, that means what you think it means, oh, but okay, it seems like it's happening more frequently and more often. It'd be like if one person died, then two people died, then four people died, then uh, sixteen right. people died. Oh, okay, okay, so that's a vast exaggeration of what's actually happening. But yeah, it just seems it, it's bad. Yeah, let me just say that it's not good. I mean, and it's all I don't want to rate you like as you die, but it's a lot of like kind of you know mid tier or lower tier. Well, there's there's one heavy hitter I can think of, and that's actor Fred Willard. Yes, who if you're a Christopher Guest movie fan, you definitely know. Um, it's on SCTV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just a just a comedy staple, a guy who had kind of one character. But he was really good at that character. Yeah. And just playing uh, just a buffoon. Yes. Um, and I love a good buffoon. And he was he was one of the best. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's sad. Um, yes. I'm trying to think of like 
I think he's probably one of his most recent roles was Modern Family. I don't know who he played on that show because I didn't watch that show. Um, but I know I, he was on Modern Family. The he played. Um, I just read an article about him. So he played. Um, what's his name? The the dad of the family's dad. I yeah. think. Yeah. Like. Yeah. The grandpa. Yeah. The Grand Pater Familias. Yes. Is that a thing? <laughs> it is, it is now. now. <laughs> that was sad to hear. Um, Astrid Kircher had died. Somebody who, uh, a name you wouldn't immediately know, but she was a German photographer and artist who gave the Beatles their mop top oh. haircut. She took some of the first pictures of the Beatles. Okay. I believe that very famous picture of them. On a, they're on a burned out streetcar or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's back when Stuart Sutcliffe was with the band. Uh, okay. Sutcliffe, um, there's an actually there's a movie that uh, I'm not sure how historic, historically accurate it is. But it's called Backbeat, and it is a dramatization of those early years, the um, oh, okay. preluding <laughs> filled days in the uh, Ratskeller in uh, in Berlin or, or whatever of the Beatles. And, um, he was a guy who supposedly depends on who you listen to, you know, the winners write the history, but right. he was a guitarist. He wasn't necessarily all that good, but he was good looking. Okay. And so he was sort of like good for the band in that way. But Paul, you know, wasn't super excited about having the, you know, another cute one, <laughs> but it didn't matter eventually <laughs> because, uh, he fell in love with, uh, Astrid and they sort of ran off together and were together. Oh, okay. And then he tragically died like a few years later of a brain hemorrhage. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she had continued to be a photographer and an artist and, you know, uh, died at the age of 81. But mm-hmm. um, somebody who is another figure that we've lost. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of other people. You know, Carlos Santana's brother died, Jorge Santana. Okay. Who was a musician as well. Um, and his youngest brother and... Um, Carlos had a very touching but a very Carlos uh, sort of tribute to him, you know, saying that he'd, he'd transitioned to another realm, man. And Whoa. going to miss him. <laughs> but uh, okay. that's really sad. Yeah. I'm not familiar with this person, but a lot of people were talking about this. Uh, Frank Bielek, who was a designer on the TLC show Trading Spaces, uh, died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 72. Okay. All right. You watch uh, Trading Spaces? No, I don't mm. think I did. Okay, well then, feel uh, for his family. I, anyway. I do, <laughs> I do. Not funny. And uh, Lynn Shelton died. She was a director and a writer and a producer as well, who'd worked on a couple things um, that I wasn't familiar with, but I was familiar with the miniseries uh, Little Fires Everywhere, which she was uh, involved in. And she was involved personally with uh, Mark Maron. Yeah, there were a couple, I heard about that too. and she had directed a couple episodes of Glow, which is a show that he is on, and passed away again, just very, very, very suddenly. Very young. She was mm-hmm. like only in her fifties. Yep, early fifties. It was like uh, some undiagnosed blood condition. Yeah. Or something well, like we don't know. Or yeah, or exactly what it was, but it just sounds <clears> like <throat> it was uh, fast mm-hmm. and uh, very sad. And then. Phyllis George, who you might not be familiar with, familiar with um, celebrities work differently today than they used to. Mm-hmm. It used to be you could, oh, I don't know, win a beauty contest or sell orange juice or, speaking of juice, uh, be one of the best running backs of all time and sell gloves than, you know, murder Whoa. your wife and her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, mm. And so they just, I don't know, celebrities are different. But Phyllis George was a, a beauty queen. She won, I think, Miss America in 71. And then okay. went on to be the host of NFL Today 
Okay. On, um, I think that was on ESPN, like in its in its very early days. Okay. She's one of the first um, national female correspondents That's for sports. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And did a, she was an entrepreneur as well. I remember Chicken by George, which was a uh, series of. Uh, if they were frozen, but just sort of like chicken chicken meals okay. for the whole family. Sure. That lasted um, only a couple of years, and then they were bought by Nestle or something like that. Whoa. So, you know, if you want to sell, sell big, right? Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, and she was only 70, so okay. a little, little too early there as well. Uh, I feel like... None of these deaths. Yeah. COVID-related. No. I, you're, I feel like you're missing one. Oh, well, hit me. Jerry Stiller. Oh, I thought that we had talked about him already. No, we didn't okay. talk about then him Then that already. was early. Well, then I apologize. Um, the, the airing of the grievances can begin now. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, you know, he he was older, but I, I think also not COVID related. Um, and yeah, just sad to see him go. Uh, just a really, really funny guy. Yeah, uh-huh. and somebody who, I mean, he was like 92, so he yeah. did okay. But yeah, I think he did okay. He um, had been an entertainer for over 60 years, just so long. Both yes. him and his wife, you know, he got his start in yes. comedy um, as a duo with his wife and Mira. Um, and Stiller and Mira were, you know, a, a comedy team, very funny. And then he went on to kind of later, I think, in life. He had a couple roles here and there, but later in life started to get more TV and, and movie roles. And, of course, yeah. his son was Ben Stiller as yes. well. And was in a lot of his movies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, just uh, saddening. Mm-hmm. Not COVID-related. <laughs> Not COVID-related. I don't know that's important, but um, you just got to check. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... I feel like it's important for right now because you always wonder, is this COVID related? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a lot of um, really, I mean, it's never fun, is it? So um, No, and all we can do is just, you know, try to memorialize them and mm -hmm. we've got the work that they left behind. Yep. And, you know, the families uh, that they started and in some of the cases, the legacies that they started. Yeah, yeah. How funny do exactly. you think Ben Stiller's kids are? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, he turned out funny, so something weren't there. So maybe if he just does what his dad did, like he'll, they'll be funny too. I, guess. I don't know. A lot of famous people's kids uh, don't, don't experience amount the... to much of anything. Well, <laughs> I don't experience. <laughs> Um, the influencing factors that make them uh, yes. funny, talented, what have you. Um, Paul McCartney has kids, right? I think so. Well, anyway, his kids didn't try to be <laughs> sing- singers like uh, yeah. John Lennon's kids. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, are probably fine, but uh, right. are no John Lennon. Although they did have their dad abandon them, uh, depending on, I guess, which one we're talking about. Oh, so, boy. Uh, that's, uh, that's a motivator right there. Yeah. But yeah, presumably Ben Stiller had everything that he would have wanted, and it turned out pretty funny. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how we got on this. We're going to move to something else. Um, I, I guess speaking of kid-related things, <laughs> I saw something. Um, hey, I didn't like read it, but apparently The Rock, his oldest daughter, is going into the WWE. Yes. What? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of cool. Fourth generation then. 
Is it really? Well, Rock, Rocky's grandfather was Rocky Maivia and I was did not um, know that. yeah a very early uh, wrestler. Huh? Uh, yeah. So that's that's four. That's an impressive line. They're turn- yeah, so, he's got his own uh, yeah. uh, Gagne family or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so a, that's that's, uh, cool. that's impressive. Didn't expect wrestling news from you. <laughs> that's what really impresses me. Um, I aim to please. Yeah. Well, uh, here's your transition. Uh, Jerry Stiller was in a movie called Hairspray. Oh, I know what you're doing. And there was a remake of Hairspray that came out recently. Yep. Uh, starring John Travolta. Yes. In is that role typically uh, cross dressed or cross cast? I don't think so. Okay. Well, anyway, for some reason, <laughs> John yeah. Travolta was in the role of uh, the lady who's the mother of the whatever. Y- yeah, very familiar the, with hairspray of, of the lead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're talking about John Travolta in an era when that would be unthinkable. I think. <laughs> yes. It's what I like to call the cool smoking John Travolta era. Which I would challenge, didn't that start in Greece? Well, he there was a lot of cool smoking. Okay. Stucker Channing's cool smoking. Uh-huh. You know, Olivia Newton-John's cool smoking. Everybody's right. cool smoking. Yeah. But he kept it going. <laughs> and we have already talked well about... Well into the 90s. <laughs> we've already talked about the movie Hard Target on this show. Yeah. Which is John Woo's first American film. Yes. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I wouldn't necessarily... Um, credit him with a lot of savvy necessarily when it comes to picking projects and collaborators, but he knew right away uh, this guy who's been a sensation, the most famous director in Hong Kong, is coming to America. I got to get on this Mm -hmm. and get him to let me punch a snake in a movie. And that didn't (laughs) go well. That didn't, the movie turned out great, but uh, their relationship was not very strong. And led to them parting ways. Mm. And then somebody who I do think of as being generally fairly savvy popped in in his uh, post, post uh, Pulp Fiction career resurgence and said, I'm going to do two movies with John Woo. Yep. And those movies are Broken Arrow and Face Off. Yes. And we'll be talking about those films today. The cool, smoking John Travolta films <laughs> of John directed Wu. by John Woo. The two Johns. <laughs> One of them's playing a jazz clarinet. One of them's smoking, and it looks like he's trying to play a jazz clarinet. <laughs> That's our feature. That is our feature. For today. Yes. We'll also be talking about the news and... That's pretty much it. That is it. I mean, we could cram some more in there, but yeah. we're trying to get out of here <laughs> a little early because we're starting so late tonight. So that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, we're already uh, 15 minutes into the show. Wow. So really How'd quick, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, how are okay, you? let's talk about the news. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Do it. Okay. You always reply, <laughs> so we never get a clean flash, but that's okay. Uh, let's. Uh, we got stories about a lot of different stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll be kind of shooting all around the shop here as we look at some of our stories. Um, that's right. We talked about Little Richard last week. Okay, I'm we trying, did. Sorry, I'm just trying to orient myself by celebrity deaths that, here, and yeah, I, I think I've I know, got it. Right? Uh, let's talk about films. Mm. A former Marvel studio executive yes. is going to produce a new Dungeons and Dragons film. What? Now, I have I, not heard about this. Yes, I feel like we had there had been whispers of this. This story seems familiar, but it will be written by uh, the writing team of John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, okay. the guys behind Game Night and oh. two of the six writers of Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> Okay, sure. Yes. Um, cool. 
Uh, I'm excited about the prospect of this, especially since, well, I've seen the one Dungeons and Dragons movie, the Jeremy Irons one, <laughs> which yep. uh, I, I think we probably talked about on this show. Um, but yeah, not great. Uh, so I'm excited to at the prospect of a possibly good one. Well, we talked about that on the show and there is a sort of long twisted story about bringing that to screen and the guy yes. who's kind of trying to spearhead it. And it was a uh, passion project for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know what else this, uh, Jeremy Latcham guy is working on. Um, but he did work on homecoming with that writing duo. So, yeah. Um, they're getting the uh, homecoming magic back together, and I don't know his connection to D and D specifically, but uh, Hasbro um, released a statement, uh, basically just saying that they were excited about this, mm. and it's just one of those, you know, our brand is fifty years, you know. But anyway, um, yeah, it seems like we're trying to get the pieces together, and hopefully, it'll be something good. Uh, I'm hopeful too. Um, is this some... like a video game? Why? In that, it's hard to make a video game movie because. Player agency is so such a big important part of video game films and role playing games. Uh, yeah. Role playing games, I'd argue, agency is even more important than a video game. Um, I would argue that as well, especially because you. I mean, how do you really? I mean, you basically just turn it into a fantasy film, like right? I mean, how do you really put that agency in there of like creating your own character and then having that character make choices as you go. Yeah. It's really hard to do that unless you also show players playing and then you show the characters for the action of the film. And I don't know if I don't know if that makes an exciting film or not. You know? Well, it worked for Stranger Things and it worked for community. Well, that's true. And for that one scene in ET. Um the p- problem is is that when you take away that element of it, mm-hmm. D&D is just the suggestion of a fantasy story. There yes. is no story there. The whole thing about D&D is you sit down and you go, what are we going to do? We're going to be heroes with swords that are going to kill the beast. Yes. And you go, okay, now I'm going to be Bing Bong the Archer and we're going to do it in a certain town and I'm going to seduce the dragon or whatever. Right. What you bring to it makes it what it is. Exactly. At, at its core, it's just a story about, you know, a guy... And that's kind of the problem with the D&D movie, I thought. It, it was just guy um, – that actor has been in something or other. Oh, can't the, remember, the but, guy who played the lead. But he's just yeah. like guy with a comedy sidekick who's going to, yes. you know, slay who, the beast. Who dies. And then Jeremy Irons is blowing a gasket, having yeah. a stroke. Having, he's just having so much fun in that movie. I know. Just for that, it's worth it. Yeah, um, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully that'll be good. I've got some other Hasbro D&D Related news. I did can't you, believe it. Uh, did you did you see that Hasbro is putting out a My Little Pony D&D set? It's like about uh, five or six ponies that are different D&D characters, and it comes also with a 20-sided die. Whoa. Yeah. Is it sparkly? Uh, I think maybe it is. Uh, but no word yet on how much the set costs. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Check it out. <laughs> they they have to have a. Um, there's got to be a friendship is magic episode where they play D and D or something. Oh, right? I, I, yeah, I would be surprised. Big maybe, question. At least maybe now there will be. Big question. Yeah. How they roll the die? <laughs> Got their little with their with their heads. Their little their, with their, their nose. Or their hooves. Their little their hooves together. There, yeah. kind of pick wedge it, pick it up, and flip it. Flip it. <laughs> 
They smack it with their tails, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, speaking of fantasy and movies that uh, are coming together or not, believe it or not, we finally have a release date for New Mutants from Fox oh, Studios. Yes. This is exciting. Yeah, it's going to come out on August 8th, 2020, and I will believe it after I've seen it and I'm leaving the theater. Uh, exactly. That's how I feel. Yes. <laughs> um, what was the holdup, do you think? Like, they well, were just, um, were they passing <laughs> the water? It was a big holdup. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you mean the fact that the trailer came out almost three years ago now? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, Josh Boone wanted to, Josh Boone is, um, you know, he's the fault in our stars. He's Paper Towns. How many? I think he's done a couple YAs, hasn't he? Oh, okay. Anyway, he wanted to make this film. Fox said, "We we don't we never know what we're doing." So you're a YA guy. The New Mutants are teenagers. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I want to make a horror film." Uh-huh. And they're like, "Okay." And then he apparently makes this horror film. But I think it was. It, I don't know if it was in the can, but but. I think before it was even in the can, problems came down. Mm-hmm. The producers are like, I don't know if this is like mainstream appeal and you want to have an R rating. And I don't know if that works. Right. And so the gears gummed up enough that Rosario Dawson, who has a big role in the film, yeah. had to drop out to do. I don't know what else. Clerks too. Where is she? Doing? I don't, I don't oh, know. Anyway. anyway. Um, and so they're like, okay, well now we have a new actress, Ellis Braga. So we have to reshoot all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I think the rework goblins got in. And so they had to start, well, maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do this. And a couple of months ago, we got the news that the movie was going to be completed and was going to come out someday. And they were going back to the more, I don't think it's R, but the more right. scary the version of it. Yeah. And they were going to cut a lot of the extra stuff that they shot. Yeah. So, yeah, but Rosario Dawson's not in it still. So right, right, right. I don't really like Alice Braga as an actress, but I feel bad for her because how, how she, is she going to be in this cut. at all? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, is what we see her of her just going to be what we saw in the trailer? Yeah. Um. Huh. Okay, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see... Just what this thing looks like once we see it. You know what I mean? Yep. It'll be interesting to see their take on X-Men that aren't X-Men, on making a horror superhero movie, yep. and also totally you know, retreating from those two goals and just making a generic superhero movie, which right. it'll almost definitely be, because they always are. Which is not very exciting. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if the fault... Is in their stars. No. <laughs> um, speaking of movies, uh, movies are coming back. Um, movie theaters across America are opening again. There are about 200 locations open. Wow. Um, as of Friday of last week. That many. Mm-hmm. That's more than I would have expected. Okay. Um, about half of those, or maybe more than half, are drive-in theaters. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But you do see, um, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but a lot of movie theaters are implementing um, safeguards, which... Honestly, I mean, what are they going to do? I, yeah, I you know. just sit down in a room for two and a half hours with somebody who's coughing. You're going to get whatever they've got, but mm-hmm. uh, it's things like sneeze guards on the back of seats. Whoa! So there's plastic behind, it and it's like okay. Uh, and then I look at the movie screen through that. Oh, good point. And there's, um, I assume, social distancing in the seating arrangements. Right. I remember when we went to see. Bloodshot? Not Sonic. We saw Bloodshot. Why did we see Bloodshot? Yeah. But when you bought wow. the tickets, at that point, people were like, I hey, stay six feet apart. So all, it was like a checkerboard, you know, being able to pick your seat. Yes. Every other seat was not um, available. 
And so, yeah, I think they'll be doing that still. And well, you we'll were see. kind of a fan of that, though. Like, I mean, it's kind of nice like the isolation. to not have to well, the last time sit we were, next to somebody. The last time we went to that theater, I walked through, you know, knee-high uh, orange soda <laughs> to get to my spot because some kid had uh, tipped his, his drink over. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Uh, don't hate that, honestly. So, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. but it's not good for the theaters. How are no, they going to get not. any of this money? Yeah. And um, the big money that we're looking at here is, of course, the summer movie schedule, mm. uh, of which Christopher Nolan still thinks he's going to be a part of. Yes. And um, it looks like Tenet is still on for its uh, July 17th release date. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we don't know. Um, I think Warner Brothers, um, I, I heard somewhere that Warner Brothers needs um, about 80% of theaters to be open in order to, I'm not sure if it's just contractual or if it's to like recoup what you think of as the typical okay. path of a film sure. making its opening weekend and then going down, like to make the money back. And to just satisfy, like, contractual obliga- obligations for a release. Like, they've got to have, like, 80% of the theaters open. That's, that's not going to happen. No. I'll tell you right now, that's not going to happen. So I'm kind of, or, well, I don't know. There's two and a half months until then. But, yeah. Or uh, five, seven, no, there's just two months until then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. If um... only we could rewind time. <laughs> with, with your tenant powers or whatever yeah, right. happens in the film. right. Well, I'm just wondering, when you go out to restaurants or you're in the movie theater, do you wear your mask there, take it off while you're eating your popcorn, and then do you put it back on when you're done with your popcorn? Like, what do you do? You, yeah, yeah. That's why it doesn't. None of it works. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, we'll apparently, see. Nolan also makes twenty percent of the first dollar gross because oh. he's a big shot. Ooh. So I think his money comes out of that. Which means I that see. it's even more important for Warner Brothers to have a wide release on this. Yeah. So he doesn't shave off a fifth of everything and just pocket it and go home. Right. And buy a, a, a newer and bigger 3D camera, IMAX <laughs> camera. So uh, we'll see. Um, rooting for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Rooting I want to see it for sure. Hopefully so. that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are going to direct Ryan Gosling in a new astronaut film. It is an adaptation of Andy Weir's next novel. Okay. Which, hmm, I'm just going off of, um, let's see, the memory of the conversation that we had. But <laughs> I think the book's called <laughs> Artemis. Okay. <laughs> wow. Just, uh, Some big name Pick up that in name there. for me. Um, Thanks. Uh, okay. Why? So, Artemis. Well, that's what it was. No, it was supposed to be. Uh, this is called Project Hail Mary. Maybe oh. it's his next book after the next book. Oh, Okay. Uh, any idea what that's about? Uh, an astronaut. Uh, why does <laughs> Gosling want to play an astronaut so much? He just got done playing Neil Armstrong. He was literally uh, Neil Armstrong. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe he really likes the moon. Um, he played the first astronaut. Now, the last astronaut. <laughs> He's got to have bookends, you know, yeah. with his films. Um I don't know. Like, some people are just obsessed with space. Maybe he's, like, a real space nut. I think it's a, he's got a space face. Whoa. <laughs> take, take that. Space face. Run with it. Yeah. He just looks like a uh, steel-eyed missile man, you know, if they ever remake um, yeah. the right stuff. And you know what? Hmm. Again, well, this, is my, what? this is, what? is my new favorite thing to do. What? Do it. Remake the right stuff. Whoa. I think we'd all agree that the right stuff is... 
entertaining, I've, but I've was never fight. Seen it. Yeah, you have. Have I? Remember well, the scene the, where the, the... Ed Harris is on the phone and he's talking to his wife, and they're like, "You let me talk to her," and he's like, "It's okay, honey. We're I'm, we're going up in space." Remember that scene? I right, remember the scene at the end where they're all dancing with the feathers. There's a bunch of half-naked ladies dancing, and you're like, "Why is this the end of an astronaut movie?" Why don't I remember this? Remember the scene where they're like, "You gotta get out there. We we need the Australian guys to to track their signal." And so now we're in Australia, and people are wow dancing around fires. I don't remember this. Okay, well here's my point. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a movie you could never remake because you could never get the character that that film has, even oh, though sure. it's not really an all-time great film. And like I said, I think it was probably financially disappointing, but it has character, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But for, for some reason, though, um, boop, 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 drive guy. He is Ryan a, Gosling. not a drive guy. Drive guy was another guy. Uh, yam, yam guy. Yam, la, yam. la, la, man. La, la, bye, bye, man. La, la, la. The guy who did, who directed La, Damien la, Chazelle. Okay. Did the jazz movie about astronauts. And he wanted to do that. Wow. And let's make, hopefully this is like about SpaceX astronauts, you know, or like the new world of. What if we're SpaceX astronauts? You know, that's like the Elon Musk thing. And oh, I'm, okay. I'm bored. Whoa. Here's something that, do it. Remake 10. They're going to remake 10. Oh, 10 where. Blake where... Edwards, classic film 10. Dudley Moore, Bo Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're remaking I... it. I've seen the poster for it. That's all I know about it. She's a 10. That's all I know. Yeah, well. Okay. All right. Pick it for co-videos. Co- um, uh, they're remaking it. Now, again, another film. I wouldn't call it a fantastic film necessarily. Why would you remake that film? And here's the best part. Julie Andrews is executive producing. Why? Because she's married to Blake Edwards. For, I think, still. But wow. for a long time, they were married. Wow. Okay. So she's like, well, he's dead. Now I'm going to remake what? 10. I, that's, okay. <laughs> What's next? Could an SOP remake be far behind? Wow. Wow. What, wow. Uh, if they remake a shot in the dark, oh boy, we're going to have <laughs> oh my have trouble, trouble. Wow. Problems. Okay. Um, It just seems like a weird pairing, but I I guess that makes sense a little sort of way. Um, But yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, why would you want to remake this film? Just to modernize it or something? I, I don't know. I don't know what it's about. What 10 is about? I've never seen it. Okay, neither have I. I mean, it's she's just a hot chick, But right? it's it's a one in a long line. This was in the late 70s and sort of early to mid 80s of films where some geek uh, is with like... You know, an incredible yeah. woman. Right, right. Every Albert right. Brooks film. Uh, <laughs> Poor what's, Albert Brooks. Well, <laughs> a lot of Dudley Moore films. What's the one where Martin Short and Annette O'Toole are Gosh, a couple? That, yeah, that would happen. Uh, um, <laughs> any Revenge of the Nerd movies? I don't know if that counts. Not, we're kind of moving out of the, yeah. out of the square. But okay. Yeah, All okay, right. sure. So that's coming up. Uh, what else is coming up? It looks like... Uh, there is a Percy Jackson series in development oh, at I Disney heard that. Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus, and supposedly the kid who played Percy Jackson in the films was like a okay, and I'm like, 
All Who cares right. what you think? Exactly. Yeah. I feel horrible uh, More that, people but... than I expected to be were excited about this, and I think that's great. I feel good for them. I don't really know anything about it. I've uh, never read the books. Luca Guadagino, uh, the guy that did uh, Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. is going to be directing the Scarface reboot, Do It. Remake Scarface. Wow. <laughs> Here we are. This is that one that is written by the and produced by the Coen brothers. Huh. So you've got Joel and Ethan Cohen writing the script. Yeah. And you've got Love My Way. Yeah, right. Got, so it's going to be eight hours long. <laughs> and they'll probably be dancing to that song. <laughs> right time period. <laughs> Assuming it's the same time period. I don't know. Um, That's on my co-videos list. Uh, maybe I should put Call it on your my... name? No. Uh, Scarface. Uh, Scarface. Um, I've, I've seen Call Me Do By it. Your Name. Do uh, yeah. it. Scarface. Uh, maybe I should add it to my short list. It's not on my short list. Well, I watch it and let us know what you think. Uh, this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem. We've all mm-hmm. heard the trouble that AMC Theaters has had. Uh, yeah. Close to going out forever. Yes. Those stubs. No more stubs. <laughs> but guess what? Life. what? Their stock is way up. Because there are rumors that Amazon is considering buying AMC. Whoa. Now, remember those laws that we had where studios that make the movies can't also show the movies? Because that's called Monopoly movies. What the hell? Well, nobody cares about that anymore. Would they let something like this happen? They let all kinds of things happen. They let T-Mobile and Sprint merge. That was probably a bad idea. I mean, Sprint was was definitely going to fall apart anyway, but they... Regulation is gone now. Nobody cares about anything. So. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying time to be. So over. good news for Stubbs members. <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Honestly, I mean, we don't have a lot of AMC around here. I, I look. I use Amazon. I, I'm not like free. I from, use it, yeah. but I hate it. Yeah, uh, but I I don't like Bezos and yeah. Well, I already snuck a TV story in there, so let's double down on that. It looks okay. like a Head of the Class reboot is in the works at HBO Max. Why? I don't know. Why? There's just never been another school show that tells it like it is. You could just make up a new one. <laughs> yeah. Why does it have to be Head of the Class? Billy uh, Scottish is uh, around somewhere. Uh, What's his name again? I don't. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so nobody knows, but we're going to be doing that. Okay, great. <laughs> wow. But there's there's eight kids. They're all different races. This is like the United Class of Benetton, and they got problems. Oh, my gosh. But at the end, they say, yo, teach. Thanks. Right, like right, it's right. literally I know. the joke from funny people. I know. But that's know. a show, I guess. Here's another show. Oh. It's called The Mandalorian. And in season two, Timothy Oliphant will be joining the show to bring his sexy, sexy ways to the <laughs> yeah. Star Wars universe. Yes. Like when he was in um, The Good Place. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Uh, I like Timothy Oliphant, so uh, thumbs up for me as far as this goes. Uh, I, know I don't he's... think we know anything about what he's going to play. No, and I've also read I'm something... Trying to think of the sexiest Star Wars character. Well, I mean, you already mentioned that it's like cowboys in space anyways. So... What if he was Dengar? What if we covered that Who's... that adorable little Poonam up? Who is Dengar? He's got a bunch of bandages on his face. Oh, okay. <laughs> what if they put him in a 
droid outfit? What if he was like C5 oh, that would be kind of funny. P9 or something. Yeah, like that. right. And, <laughs> and, like, and then you just wouldn't know. I programmed in over nine million forms of communication. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, so they 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 wrapped. I think we talked about this previously, but they've wrapped principal photography. So people don't know if like he Ooh, already filmed his part maybe and we're just over? heard it now, or or like he he already filmed it and we just didn't know about it. But how would we not know about oh, it? Yeah, that's possible. Or is he going to be like we just maybe, in a tag or something? Yeah, yeah. like we suggest was suggested with Rosario Dawson or something. Possibly, like yeah. possibly. Yeah. Cause she's kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, here's a new story. Agents of shield is still on. That's the only story. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's didn't moving into its either. seventh season. That show still exists. Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, did Noted. you did you want to talk about your feelings about James McAvoy leading a celebrity cast of a audible oh. adaptation, audio adaptation of yeah. the Sandman from Vertigo Comics? Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So how do I impact this? <laughs> um. Fast. Okay. Well, I uh, I I think that the cast that they put together is pretty good. Um. I would would maybe check this out, uh, but uh, I think you brought up some concerns. Your current, your some of your concerns to me, and uh, I think you had some pretty good points. Can you want to say them real fast? Uh, oh, your points. Yeah. Um, why you were like, why when something is in its a perfect medium, like a comic book, would you? Why are you obsessed with trying to transfer that? to a different medium why are you trying to make that work so hard well yeah i mean every book you know it becomes a movie or whatever yeah um but books are just an attempt normally i mean you couldn't make say house of leaves into a movie the whole point is that it you are experiencing a tactile yeah phenomenon uh but you you know would you even be able to read that book electronically do you think um, is that a possibility? I don't know, but I really want to look up and see if there's an e- EPUB or a yeah. Audible or a version or a Kindle version of it. Yeah. Um, but and it's ironic because comics, a book is a book, a movie is a movie, but a lot of books, a lot of books are just written to be movies. To be movies, yeah. you know, with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And comics, I think, out of all the art forms, that their closest cousin is is films in fact yeah that makes sense comics are the basis of a film it's called a storyboard and that's how we know how to make the film but maybe it's that too closeness um next baby let me go too too close don't too worry close about it. uh, i don't i don't okay. it's my favorite 90s pit oh okay they're from the twin cities oh okay uh the band next <laughs> anyway uh they um because they're too close <laughs> uh they you can't for that reason, they don't work. There's just something... I don't know. It's like every comic is like a house of leaves. I mean, it, it should be. Like you're... Like Watchmen. Turning the pages. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Watchmen. That's just like old, that film. crabby comic fan. Yeah, well... Uh, who doesn't buy enough comics anymore to call himself a comic fan, oh, but he still stop. does. Um, so that's bad. Uh, okay. We're just going to blow through the rest of these uh, drips and drabs here. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, cord cutting going crazy. I think we talked about that last week, but it's it's still going. Let me tell you how how uh, good it's going. Disney Plus has hit 202 million global subscribers. Excuse me, they are projected to hit 222 million global subscribers by 2025. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, that's a 
projection way into the future. If you believe, but... yes, maybe inside Cinderella's castle, they've got a germ lab or something, but COVID has been very kind to them. Yeah. Uh, okay. But that's that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that Swamp Thing show that got like immediately canceled? Uh, yes. The Swamp Thing show. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, uh, they're going to blow off. Uh, DC Universe is going to blow off the rest of the episodes on uh, on DCU. They're so oh. starved for content. Okay. That they're just going to show show them all. Okay. All right. Um, is DCU available now? I don't even DC know. DC Universe, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It was canceled um, after like the first episode. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I kind of want to check that out, even though maybe it's... Uh, I heard it was really good. Is it? I just, I didn't get a chance to see it because yeah. one episode. Right, exactly. But they're going to show the rest of those. And I think there are rumors that they might be kicking around the idea to do something else. We don't know. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. When something like that happens, you get the feeling that there's there's some kind of politics or something behind it, right? Well, what because, else would motivate it? Because S.H.I.E.L.D. has been on for seven years. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, why wouldn't this just, just let it? Just let it play. Plus, it's yeah. a digital streaming channel or network. You yeah. need content. Yeah. One yeah. episode airs, yeah. and they cancel it. They blow it out. I don't understand it. Were the ratings that bad? Like, um, what? None of the ratings are good. You have to take yeah. that in stride, you know, if you're starting a fledgling network. Right. Uh, and they already had all of the first season, like, films, so why cancel it after one episode? I know. So well, they cut down the order, too, when yeah. they were uh, shooting them. Uh, Netflix uh, has got the movie rights to the story. Uh, I, you can sell rights to somebody's story. That's yeah. how things work, uh-huh. uh, because history is up for sale uh but netflix has the rights to the uh, 1999 u.s women's soccer team's uh victory at the uh, world cup okay so no word on who's gonna play brandy brandy chestine's sports bra i uh, i'm really tired i'm blowing my uh punchlines here but we'll uh keep moving it along uh, what else is happening here? It looks like... Uh, oh, do you want to talk video games? I know you don't know anything about video games. I, I don't know much but about video games, but... I want your opinion on some stuff. Okay. So we watched the... There's a, a video uh, by oh, yes. Epic Games mm-hmm. that is on uh, YouTube. Yep. It's part of a tech demo that they did uh, of their Unreal Engine, which is a um, long-running series of game engines. Um, the graphical framework that games are based on, Unreal yeah. is a very popular one for companies to use. They've got a new one called Unreal 5, and they have debuted what they say is material from a new game that they're working on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they gave us any information beyond that, though. No. And this is essentially what games will look like on the PlayStation 5. Yes. I shall sneeze now. <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, I mean, it looked good. It was pretty. Um, triangles. How do you feel about triangles? Well, they said that I said the word triangles like a lot. Like billions if I get paid every time that they said triangles, I'd be wealthy. So uh, that pale blue yeah. dot is made of trillions of triangles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's cool in a way to kind of see how it comes together. Uh, it was it was kind of a dry video, but, <laughs> um, but well, they were in a desert. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I see. Funny. Um, but... They're talking about the... They were talking... The thing that they were talking about is they're talking about two things. Lumen and Kinetic, yes. which are the two parts of their engine. Right. Kinetic is the thing that it renders stuff and does, like, physics and stuff. And then Lumen was their lighting source. Yes. And Lumen and lighting is important in a game because dynamic lighting is lighting that's not fixed. And a lot of old games 
Um, it doesn't Hot matter where you, your perspective, where yeah. you are, where you look. There's just something sort of lit up. Um, but in Which more advanced really games, unrealistic. Yeah. light actually comes from somewhere. Yes. Um, and it's so weird. I always, every once in a while, I'm a big video game player. I play a video game and I think about the fact that none of that exists. Mm-mm. You know, they create this space. And you've, I got to get my guy on the thing and I got to get him over the thing. None of that's, all this is, is fake. Yeah. And it's not fake like a, the way that a movie is fake. A movie is shot that is captured yeah. and then turned into a flat image. But this is a flat image and none of that stuff really exists. Yes. Which We're all is living weird. in a simulation is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought it was really impressive. Um, and again, I, I think the point that I made when we were watching it as they were showing us, oh, see this statue? In this room, there are 10,000 of that statue. And none of these are like bitmapped, like pre-renders. These are all like actually physically present in the game. And I'm yeah. like, well, first of all, who cares? But second of all... The, the, your character, you show us this amazing detail on the statue, then we cut to the face of the main character, the player. Yeah. And it's like a Disney face. It has no detail. Oh, yeah. That's and true. so as we get closer to being able to render things near realistically, mm-hmm. I wondered, A, how much of the uh, problem with the uncanny value continue to be. Yeah. But also, B, will gameplay change to match the realism of what we're seeing? Mm-hmm. If you've got a little guy in overalls mm-hmm. and he can jump six times his height to get away from a mushroom and it's all 8-bit graphics, you don't think much about it. That's but true. I was watching this demo and they were doing the typical Tomb Raider Uncharted exploration thing. Yeah. A character jumps off a ledge and grabs another ledge with her fingertips and her entire body slams against the rock wall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ouch nose, ouch boobs, yeah. ouch uh, pelvis bones. Yeah, You can't really do that in real life. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yet you, we do it because we have done it since 16-bit games and we just expect it. And that's how a 3D game works. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if the more real these characters get, the more unreal some of the things, engine, some of the things that they do <laughs> in the game will appear and if we'll yeah. change how they move act and what they the movements that they do to match the realism of what we're seeing jumping 30 feet in the air won't seem real anymore it'll break because it's you're pushing so hard for yeah. verisimilitude in your graphics i wonder if gameplay right. will follow suit and eventually games will just be you're just walking just a walking simulator. Well, it's kind of what, like, Shen, I don't know if you're familiar with Shenmue, but Shenmue is a game series by Sega, and it's basically like there is a plot. You have to find your father. Mm-hmm. He's been kidnapped by kung fu guys or something. Okay. But you can also go all over this town. You can open, like, every drawer and look at the staplers. And I don't think you're expected to do all that, but you can if you want to. Okay. And therefore, you not can't jump super high. You're not a Superman. You're just a normal person, and it's kind of about... It's like the Yakuza... Well, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> so a lot of the Yakuza games are very realistic. Then you get in a fight, fire comes out of your head, and you like hit 10 guys with a bicycle. So what? It's a juxtaposition of a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, here's another note. Uh, Age of Empires 2, a game that I played in college, is one of the most popular games on Steam right now. It's a 21-year-old game. Okay. And people are playing, playing away. Why do you think that is? It's a good game. It's a very good game. Okay. It's competitive. Okay. Um, they have a pretty good, uh, you know, version of it because uh, it's for old, old architecture computers. But they've adapted it well, and it's sitting. Um, it's in the top 100 games on stream right now. I think it made 
uh, number 15 a couple couple days ago. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's kind of impressive. I know. If you are, I can't remember who made it, but if you're any company that's making a AAA game that costs $500 million to make, are you just like, <sighs> do these windows open? Can we get the, can we open these windows? Would you, what, would you say this is 12, 12 stories or 13 yeah, stories? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. It's just got to feel weird. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, interesting. Uh, well, I think it's good news that like the gamers are, are open to playing games that have been out for a while. You know, um, I do. Yeah, I guess when I think about it. Yeah, I have so many games. <laughs> I never wanted this many games. You, 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 Alexander wept. For there were no no more games <laughs> to purchase, um, but that's where I am. And another video game story: uh, Bioware. <laughs> oh, Bioware! Yeah, what happened, man? Oh boy, what happened? Uh-oh. Bioware is the terror read of game oh, companies. Boy. So oh, much boy. promise, never gonna stop. Oh my god! Oh my god! No! Wow! Uh, they are prototyping what they call Anthem Next. What is that well it is it's either a revamp of the original anthem or a sequel to anthem okay i don't think i remember what anthem is anthem is a game you've Mm -hmm. seen me play it okay where you are an iron man type guy yes and you start going around Oh, and you and fly, you fly right. in the jungle. It's interactive. And that's and all you, you do. Yeah, like work with other players. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. And it was supposed to be the Destiny killer, the big Game new the RPG yeah. um, entry from Bioware that used to be the Masters of RPG, and it tanked. Everybody hates it, and it basically you can get a copy of it for free now. Wow. So they're going to work on a, they're prototyping a new version of it, and it's like. Oh, boy. Uh, do you think maybe they should just do something else? Yeah, like another Dragon Age game? Yeah. Like everybody wants? Yeah, yeah, right. I do. Yeah. And so. one more story. It's a comic story. If you look behind you, and uh, listeners can't see this, you'll see Ruin. Ruin is the new main character of a new Sandman miniseries written by G. Willow Wilson. Ruin is modeling the goth <laughs> dream punk collection uh yeah ruin is a nightmare nightmares of course are free acting individuals created by dream to do his bidding or just to scare people Mm -hmm. and he looks a lot like dream doesn't he uh he looks like dream's punk younger brother yeah that's a perfect Um, description yeah i mean he's got bluish purple hair it looks like flowing it looks like dream delirium and death got in a transporter accident yep yep Yep, because the his coat, which is really cool and kind of army militaristic, it's got what is what do you call those front things in the t- things in the front that go a flap? No, not the flap. These these little things on it, like the 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 Panic at the Disco things. Yeah, what do you call those? Okay. I don't know. Uh, anyways, it looks very <laughs> militaristic, and then but then like the the lining looks like Dream's coat. Yeah. Uh, it's very colorful and I'm going to take this away so you stop describing it. Okay, uh, all right. What, as we go on to our feature, uh-huh. help me figure it out. We don't know why they want to make comics into films that can't be done, and we also know why or don't know why they won't stop ruining classic things. With ruin. Now, 
Actually, that wasn't Margaret Mitchell, right? Who, who wrote Scarlet? That was after she know. was gone, right? I don't know. Somebody found her notes or was just like, I'm going to write a sequel to Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I don't know who that was. But you um, just don't do it. I know I'm yeah. the one out here jokingly saying, like, remake everything. But mm. you, you don't. All you have to do just walk away is not do that. Yeah. And yes, you're going to, like, let's take Watchmen and let's just fillet this corpse mm-hmm. and get every molecule of meat mm-hmm. and just try to serve it up somehow. And I'd like to see the figures. I'd like to see the figures on what you made off of Beyond Watchmen or what you made off of um, the rebirth stuff that you put Dr. Manhattan in or right. whatever. What right. if you had just left that alone? Mm-hmm. What if you've made something else? And then you go, yeah, but when you go to you know the Louvre gift shop, you know everything's got a Mona Lisa on it. Right. Like, well, right. I guess you got a point, uh, but I didn't invite you to say that. So yeah, well, get I out didn't. of here. Uh, whoa. Um, uh, why? Why? Why do they do it? Why, what if they just didn't do it? Money. It's I know. Money. I, I know it's money. But what? What's the tipping point between money and respect for integrity? I was gonna try to make it more complicated, but integrity, respect for a general, not generally, a universally regarded work of art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wish G. Uh, Willow was in luck. With her new miniseries. I mean, we've, we've yeah. been through this before. I mean, like, I think she's a good writer. You know, when I was talking I to Holly like, Black. Uh, oh, sorry. Can you pick that up for me? <laughs> uh, and she was talking about, you know, her new Lucifer series. Uh, I gave her my te- tentative blessing because it was a good pitch. But it's already over. Yeah. It didn't go on it, for a long time. No, it didn't. They brought a character back who explicitly, and someday you'll have to read Lucifer. Yes. But a character that... It'd be really hard to bring back. Uh-huh. I brought him back for a new comic. Yeah. And let's go. And then it was, I think there's another Lucifer book now, isn't there? There's with somebody else. Uh, I it. wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. So what What if you just didn't do anything at all? <sighs> yeah. Um, Anthem Next will be out soon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I understand, well, like, the, 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 um, the desire to play in the Sandman sandbox because there's a lot of stuff there. Um, what? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Uh, I, I mean, it's done, isn't it? I, I think he finished it pretty well. So why don't you create a new fantastical story in a new fantastical world? Yes. And just have fun with that and yes. do whatever you want because it's yours. Yes. The Audible Sandman series will be out this summer. (laughs) All right. Well, here we are. Here we are. Let's talk, mm-hmm. shall we? Yeah. Let's talk about John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what do we... Oh, you start. Oh, what do we want to say <laughs> about John Travolta? Uh, I, I, I don't know about this guy. Is this guy a good actor? Uh, uh, yes, for the most part, I think so. I was wondering, watching these films... When did John Travolta become an action star? Like, how did that happen? Whoa. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, like, if 
if you like picked him out in Greece, I wouldn't be like that guy. That guy's gonna be pointing guns at people, and you're gonna take him seriously. And oh, like, he's a um, good-looking guy. Uh, yeah, he's um, physically fit. Kind of muscular, e yeah, yeah, uh huh. Improbable hair. Yeah, well, that's true. This, this sounds like an action like star. an action star to me. <laughs> um, I don't know, I, and I don't. Do you know more better than I do how autobiographical Saturday Night Fever is? Like I know he didn't write it, but you know he he was from New Jersey, and I'm oh, sure that he I don't know spent a lot honestly. of time you know eating spaghetti very carefully and probably going don't out. Don't touch the hair. Yeah, going out to the clubs, and so it was probably something that he knew and was familiar with, and uh-huh. so he could put a lot into that character and put a lot of pelvis thrusts in for the sequel, Staying Alive. Um, but then he, when he gets a field of that, and we'll talk about it right now when we talk about these films, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing half the time. He'll go into well, like a weird southern a accent, point. you know, because mm-hmm. he'll be like, you don't know what it takes, Hale. Ooh, oh, Mr. Hale, I'm going to do <laughs> This is a bad example. <laughs> I've, I've created a, a fake bad example. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? I, like I know what you mean, like, like when we were watching Face Off. Yeah, I double-checked when we were watching Face Off. I looked up his bio again. I'm like, no, he's from New Jersey. Okay, so he's not from – it's not like he's uh, – yeah, I don't I don't understand. Well, and, some, some of his readings, like I understand oh, like you – you know, him and Nicolas Cage. You, it's Face Off. You guys switch faces. You switch bodies. So he's so doing another playing, thing. Yeah. Ostensibly, he is doing a Nick Cage. A Nick Cage. Nick Cage is doing a Travolta, although – I've watched this movie a hundred times, mm. and this last time I'm like, it's not convincing at all. T- it's just Nick no, Cage, it's not. Nick Cage and Travolta. It's, it's not, yeah. and I mean, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I still enjoyed the film, um, but <laughs> but there were some readings, and you turned to me a couple times, and you're like, "What is Travolta doing?" Like there was one. He said one thing uh, as you know, Cage or whatever, and he sounded like Jim Carrey, and then he. <laughs> He said something else, and he sounded like somebody else. I can't even remember who it was, but it was like, who is he doing now? Yeah. So it, it, I just felt like it, it was a little all over the place. He's like, wrong, not. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow came out in 1996. Okay. I remember I was very excited for this film. Okay. And I, I think I liked it when I saw it. <laughs> Coming down off the high of, this is when you just made a movie every year, you know, every year. Oh, when John Woo made a movie every year or everybody made Well, everybody movies. did, but oh, okay. definitely John Woo, yeah, because you had um, Hard Target 95, uh, Broken Arrow 96, Face Off 97. So he's just going out, he's using that that Hong Kong cinema work ethic yeah. and just putting people through their paces and just making movies. Honestly. Yep. Um, what's Broken Arrow about? Um, so... Uh, just real quick before I get into it. No, we don't have we don't have time for oh, that. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's about two. Um, well, it's about the the Air Force. There's there's two fighter pilots, and they're going to do this mission. Uh, and uh, uh, do you want to do face off? <laughs> I'll do this one. Oh, okay. Two fighter pilots. <laughs> they never get really into it, but it's in like Colorado, or you just assume that it's like. You know, Broom Lake, Area 51, you know, test situation yeah. type thing. They fly stealth bombers. They fly stealth bombers in a uh, domestic uh, test course. And this evening they are uh, having the um, local radar station or, or NORAD or whatever is going to try to track them, see if they can pick them up on the radar while they 
practice carry. I don't know if this really this can't really happen, does it? But they practice carrying uh, real nuclear bombs. This is uh, yes. you know the B B two bomber, um, and it's uh, they're going to do real nuclear bombs. Travolta and uh, Christian Slater yes. are the pilots. Midway through the mission, Travolta uh, attacks Christian Slater, um, and if essentially after a fight, ejects him out of the plane. Um, Drops the bombs, uh, not armed, but drops them out of the plane, crashes the plane. Turns out that he is uh, in league with a mercenary team who is working for a investor who is probably working for foreign terrorists. Yeah, probably. And the idea is to get these bombs and uh, ransom, auction them off, Thunderball style. Mm-hmm. In fact, I looked to check that if McClory was connected to this, and I don't think he is. Uh, anyway... And so that's what happens, but uh, Christian Slater's not dead. He meets Samantha Mathis, who's a park ranger, and together these these plucky kids, mm-hmm. they're going to do it. Yep. They're going to stop John Travolta while he smokes He's with a Spider-Man hand. A Spider-Man hand? Uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. Make the Spider-Man, whoever you are, the web. In, the, in the sound of my voice yeah. right now, make the Spider-Man hand, then put... Your lips in between the crack of your index finger and your middle finger while doing Spider-Man hand. That's how he smokes in this movie. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I guess that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> you know what? Let's We, we got to hurry through this. So let's make this a freewheeling conversation. 1997's Face Off. What happens? Uh, so Face Off, um, basically, um, uh, Nick Cage is God. a terrorist. And uh, he accidentally kills John Travolta's kid. John Travolta has been after this guy for a while, but it's personal now. Um, they 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 get him, and uh, he's injured badly and in a coma. Uh, but his crazy, well, his mentally unstable brother um, has created this bomb, and it's somewhere in the city, but they don't know where it is. And um, they have this crazy idea. They have these surgeons, these really good surgeons. Confiore, one one surgeon. Yeah, one Dr. surgeon. Um, and uh, you know, we need to go in there, Travolta, and like right. It's uh, the ultimate deep cover mission, and and get this information and get out. But in order to do that, you need to look like um, Castor Pollock. You need to look like your your biggest enemy. And even though so, a rubber Mission Impossible mask would be more plausible, yeah, we're going to. Cut your face off. Surgically cut your face (laughs) off and surgically transform your body and put this microphone in for your voice and everything. Yes. uh, And you will effectively be him. And uh, Caster Pollock is in a coma during all of this, but while uh, John Travolta's character is in prison undercover, he wakes up, he... uh, gets his guys to uh, get the surgeon in there and makes him look like John Travolta. And hilarity ensues. Yes. Yes. Um, That is, so I was making a list Mm -hmm. and I'm going to check it a second time. Okay. Going to find out who's Who's naughty and nice. You know what it is. (laughs) I'm going to check it right now. And the list is characters that are, Jokerish. Oh. And I don't mean like Batman Joker? Yes. Okay. I don't mean Joaquin Phoenix because come No, on. no. Come no. On. No. Uh I mean people like Caster Troy. Yeah. These characters that do are doing it for fun and they do not 
give an F what happens. Yes. Um, I think Alex DeLarge is something of, of a character like that. Uh, Alex DeLarge is um, the, protagonist uh, the protagonist in A Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, the Kurgan. Oh, the Kurgan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Highlander. Uh-huh. Although the Kurgan seem he wants the prize. And he yes. is definitely completely immoral or amoral. Yeah. But he has decided that the best way to get it is he just learned the lesson that just kill everybody and get the prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alex DeLarge is uh, brutal and sociopathic, but he has also has the vulnerability of uh, a teenager, which he is. Right. But Castor Troy does not give an F. He nope. does not care. Nope. He'll blow up. LA or not blow up LA. Mm-hmm. It just he just wants some chiclets. Mm-hmm. He wants his tongue sucked, and Yippee Kaye just wants to shoot everybody. Yep, pretty much. And I love I love the part when he is cornered. He's doing this whole thing with uh, Travolta, and they both have each other covered, you know, in this airplane hangar, and they do that thing where. He's like, oh, yeah, you better be careful how you shoot me. You only got one bullet. And he's like, yeah, so do you. He's like, woo, we got a party. Uh-huh. And they're pointing their guns at each other, but it's apparently not the right angle that they're comfortable in. So they both switch their arms over <laughs> and are still, why not? I know. Don't do that or yeah. just or duck out of the way or, yeah, or right. shoot. I don't know. Anyway, so they both, they've done, I think the idea is they've done this a million times. They've been in this position. Yeah, right. And so the whole time, like, you know, Castro Troy is like, yeah, you can shoot me. I don't care. You know, you better shoot me and I'll kill you. I'll kill your wife. I'll kill your, you know, your daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, screw it. Let's do it. And he pulls the trigger and nothing comes out. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I know. Please. <laughs> Just like this whip sawing back and forth between yeah. different moods. And yeah. they're all, everything's an act. Everything's yes. a put on. And it's even more scary because you don't know what this person is. How can you even reach this person? What are they really feeling? Wasn't he like reaching for another weapon while yeah, he pulls a, a knife so out of sorry. his... Yeah. Uh, yeah, out of his uh, back pocket or whatever. But. Yeah, yeah. So in this film, well, we'll go back to Broken Arrow. So in Broken Arrow, you have a story of Deke, you know? Colonel, yeah, Deacon. Colonel, or not Colonel, he's a major, Major Deacons, mm-hmm. played by John Travolta, who was a guy who was like, he's the older guy. Mm-hmm. He's a colonel, or excuse me, a major, which is pretty good. I keep saying colonel because I'm trying to get there. Yeah. But he keeps getting passed over for colonel. So yes. he is a fairly accomplished guy. But we don't know how old he is, but you can assume he's around Travolta's age at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of, his career is kind of stalled out. Then we've got Riley Hale, Christian Slater's character, who is a young guy who's a captain. And he's he just says to Travolta's character, you know, I love doing this. I love flying planes. I want to do it forever. Uh, right. And Travolta's like, I don't know if I really want to do it, you know, forever. But they've got this sort of um, mentor, this senpai kohai relationship, <laughs> where yeah. Travolta sort of lords everything over him. You know, yes. he's a better boxer than he is. Yeah, he's like Maverick and Goose just loved hanging out and singing Righteous Brothers to chicks. But mm-hmm. he's kind of browbeating him all the time, and they yeah. have this sort of adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. And that goes into the rest of the film as Travolta yes. takes uh, the lead of these terrorists. Yeah. And Christian Slater trying to stop him. There's this game of like, what's he really thinking and trying to one up each other mm-hmm. until it culminates in <sighs> kind of dumb, but I don't know. I was kind of feeling it. The fight at the end where he's got to stop Travolta. They, they're on the train yes. car with the bomb. Travolta's yes. got the remote. And Christian Slater is like, 
getting the crap kicked out of him, but he starts to get the upper hand back and he's got a crowbar and he's hitting him with the crowbar and he pulls back and he drops the crowbar and he's like, we're going to box it. Yeah, right. It's like, don't box it now. Bash his brains in with a crowbar. (laughs) Denver is at stake. But he's like, you know, it's he finally gets that thing. Well, it's integrity, but it's was this all just like a pissing contest between these two men? I know. Forget the bombs and everything else. Apparently it was. Yeah. But he but he wins, you know, the way that would hurt Deke the most, which is he finally like is beating him, you know, in a boxing match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I thought that was a good character. That was really great. Yeah. When this movie first started, I thought it was going to be a boxing film. You know, um, because that's what we focus on. You, can, you got a broken arrow rock. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but, yeah. Um, no, I think that I think that's really cool, and I think that's important. I like the, the, the character bit, too, where they have this thing where whoever wins, uh, there's a bet, and they, they give each other a $20 bill. Yeah. And he finds the $20 bill that uh, the deacon had, like, kind of, waved in front of his face and had like the remote underneath yeah and it's all like blown to pieces there's parts of it missing and everything and he was like i won and you think <laughs> yeah it's you just... think he's gonna savor this forever and then he hears um no he could finally let it go yeah this stupid the stupid contest between these thing. two macho men yeah <laughs> yeah and then he hears what's her name's voice like what's her name terry i think they, I they only know. say it we like only learn it at the very end i know um he he literally lets it go and it's not important to him anymore sure so i think that that was a that was a good moment yeah um the rest of this movie i don't know oh guess what this no doves in this one yeah, there's no doubt in this one. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of other things in this one, though. Yes. This movie, too much is going on. No, seriously. Yeah, there's a lot. It's complicated. Because like we said, if if you're going to... Because this could be done as a... Um, I'm trying to think. Because I was going to say Michael Mann, but Michael Mann cares about characters, too. You could do this in more of a documentary way, where you've got these two pilots, and we're following the men and women who are trying to recover these things, Mm -hmm. a Tom Clancy-esque kind of thing. And it kind of is that, because all these characters are here. Yeah. But also, it's grounded in the relationship, the the adversarial relationship between these two men, Mm -hmm. which is always the focus of the film. Yeah. And remains the focus of the film. Mm -hmm. So why do we need Frank Whaley, Delroy Lindo, Kurtwood Smith? Why do we need any of these people? Frank Whaley is there to be... There's literally he's he literally has the Jack Ryan scene where everybody's sitting around the big board or whatever, and they're like, "Well, this is what we're gonna do." And he's like, uh, "Excuse me, uh, we we, could, we shouldn't do that. We should do this instead." Mm-hmm. They're like, "You crazy son of a bitch!" Okay, we're gonna do that. I know. Now get out there on that. I'm not a field officer. Get out there and and, and help him. Yeah. And he doesn't really. He just kind of no, shows up. No, he's a he character that things really. are explained to. Yeah. And then he's there at the end to meet with Christian Slater when he comes back and should be taken immediately to a hospital instead of yes. going right back out there Good by himself to stop John Travolta and his terrorists. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and then we don't see him after that. And then Delroy Lindo is just brutally killed just I randomly. Know. When his I know. Honestly, when I saw when there was a shot of him alone in the well, as the only passenger in the helicopter, I was like, uh-oh. I, well, you know. I like the fact that there was no doves. It was John Travolta trying to do, trying to play by the rules and, and to not do his stuff. Uh-huh. Because his stuff comes back in a big way in the next movie. Yes. Um, but it was just, I think it was too overstuffed. 
I think it could have been smaller, probably cheaper, mm-hmm. and focused more on, even more on that relationship that we that I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, what did you think of uh, the the actress Terry or whatever? Oh, uh, boy, the so, character of Terry. It's funny they were in um, Pump Up the Volume together oh. right? in <laughs> 1992. That's Christian funny. Slater and uh, Samantha Mathis. Um, I've never been sold on her. I'm not sold on her in this I think film. she's really cute and she's really earnest. Yeah. And I think that works if you're going to, say, be Daisy and Super Mario Brothers. Um, but she's done some dramatic stuff that I didn't really... Pop of the Volume's okay, but... I haven't seen yeah, that. I don't. Maybe it's just not her best takes that they're using. But, yeah, I, I'm not really convinced. But then again, we started with talking about Travolta. I'm not convinced by Travolta a lot of the time. I really... This movie is paced, I don't want to say badly, but strangely. Because there's some strange they, shots in it. They have that chase with the Hummers. Mm-hmm. They they manage to get the Hummer that's got the bombs. Yes, and they get away. Then they go to this mine, and the next like half an hour of the movie is just in this mine. Yeah, and there's a lot of like we got to do this, and we got to. It's important, and we just do that for a long time. When right. there could be cool dialogue, people could be revealing their backstories to each other, and be talking right. about their motivations. But it's just business. It's just like Travolta talking to Terry Long and there's no good dialogue that's really worked up between them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kind of waiting in between some yeah. pretty good parts. Yeah. Like yeah. the train part at the end, the train sequence is great. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a lot of really cool, like, explosions and things <laughs> There's a lot happening. of really cool explosions. Uh, <laughs> I like the part where the buildings fell down. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really weird part where... She, the park ranger, has somehow been tracking them. Indiana yes. Jones hanging onto a sub style yeah. through like three different forms of transportation, yes. and she makes it into the the bomb, the the car that has the bomb in it. And Travolta shows up out of nowhere, and then he's doing this thing where he's like, you know, because he's like he's gambling and he's always playing games and trying to test people. So he's like, would you like want to get shot in the face or would you want to? possibly condemn millions to nuclear Armageddon. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot you if you don't put the code in that arms the bomb, you know? Yes. And they they make it like this weirdly sexual sexual kind of thing where he's like, oh, push the button. Oh. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) he's like moving the gun around her body kind of like sexually. Yes. It's weird. It is weird. It, it's, it's also strange. weird, and maybe this is his choice, but in both this, both of his John Woo movies, his character uses an automatic handgun, mm-hmm. uh, a pistol that can fire automatic mm-hmm. rounds. Okay. Why is that weird? Because most guns just shoot one bullet for every pull of the trigger. Uh-huh. This is a gun, a one-handed pistol gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pull the trigger and it goes... Oh, that's a very rare yeah, kind of gun. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. And both Caster Troy and as um, a Sean Archer and right. Deacons use one. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, this movie features mm-hmm. the, I think it's the first appearance of the Howie Scream. Oh, really? <laughs> I have to clear my throat to do it. <coughs> but when Christian Slater jumps off the top of the train car. Yeah. Holding on to coax cable. Yes. And yells, incoming. Don't yell anything. doesn't matter. <laughs> Hits Howie Long, blows him out the side of the balsa wood uh, train car wall, and then he falls 90 feet off of this yes. rail bridge they happen to be on. Yeah. And he goes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I 
I should have had it queued up on the board here. Uh, but yeah, that's the Howie scream. Yeah, right. But in that, that's from Star Wars, isn't it? No. Ah, that's the oh. Wilhelm scream. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's man being eaten by alligators. Oh, what? Really? That's Yeah, it's from a movie called uh, Jungle Drums. Uh, don't look it up. It's probably pretty racist. Wow. But that's where the Wilhelm scream comes from. But the Howie scream comes from this. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, nice little bit of movie trivia i guess yeah now let's talk about that i i like the it's weird because i like the construction of the character travolta's character in this film yeah i think he does very little with it it's mostly mm. him mm-hmm. standing around kind of nervously smoking for a lot of the film yes then we're supposed to see him kind of go through a threshold himself because remember he's <clears throat> he came up with this plan yes he's a guy who feels superior to everybody mm-hmm. but he is not a terrorist himself and he at one point he kills bob gunton yeah and he's like yeah you know <laughs> yeah i, I, I never, know never killed me before i don't know what the big deal is i really don't and it's like okay so maybe he was just always a sociopath or whatever and then uh, he sets off the bomb and the helicopter crashes and he's like, I said, God damn, I said, God damn. Yeah, right. And he's crossed some kind of line, I guess. I don't know if he's supposed to be sort of bit driven crazy at this point, you know, because the rest of the movie, he's basically just like, you know, oh, you're crazy. Ain't it cool? And he's like, you know, penetrating a with a gun and stuff like that. Like, yeah. is he supposed to have gone over the edge at this point? I don't know. But yeah, I like the idea that he was a bomber, fighter pilot, bomber pilot who had killed people. Had killed thousands of people from the sky, but had never right. done it himself. Right. But the movie doesn't, this isn't that kind of movie. They don't have time for that. No, I know. And I like the relationship between him and uh, Hale. Now, yeah. move over to Face Off. Yes. Why couldn't, I think the relationship between Castro Troy and Sean Archer, mm-hmm. um, and I could, or Sean Archer and Castro Troy. Yeah, right, right. Uh, could have been more like that. We see Castro Troy. Yeah take over Sean Archer's life and start to live his life. And he's kind of bored by it, but then he realizes that he can like add his own flair to it. Yeah. yeah, Well, ruin it. But you know, he could find a, a, a a lane that he can, he could drive in on this street and it's all deeply disturbing. It is. It's deeply disturbing. It is. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. Um, And then we also see Castor Troy. Like, I don't, I just noticed this when we're watching this film. Many of my favorite movies are prison movies. I don't oh. know why that is. <laughs> but like a third of this movie is a prison movie, right? It is. Like yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. And so Castor Troy, once he gets out of that, then he gets to sample some, or uh, Sean Archer gets to sample some of Castor Troy's life. Yes. And he realizes it kind of sucks. Yeah. If you don't like drugs and killing people, there's not much to his life. Right. And I thought, what if you had that dynamic between... Castor Troy and Sean Archer, where they switch lives. It's like Gun Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaky Die Day. Whoa. We did it. (laughs) Um, And what if, like, you know, we get the idea that Sean Archer is an older guy. He has an almost adult daughter. Yes. And we don't really know how old Castor Troy is, but he does have a son. Yeah. A a young, like, five-year-old son. Yes. So what if, like, it was almost an escape for... For Castor Troy. What if Castor Troy was older uh-huh. and his I don't give a F was more I'm just kind of bored of all this rather than I'm high on life, you know. And so he 
it would make sense more as to why he decide. Why does he des- Why doesn't he just go? Yes, sir. I'll get right on that and get in a helicopter and just disappear. Like, why does he decide to live this guy's yeah, life? I think he, they use the flimsy yeah. description that he he wants to you know use his knowledge of terrorism to go straight and get because he's a megalomaniac. Get the be on the cover of Time or something like that. I I think he's got. <clears throat> but what if I, changing somebody's face can't make you younger? But what if? You know, there was a 20-year difference between them. So the hot mm. young agent Sean Archer has finally caught Castor Troy, this older experienced terrorist. Mm. But now he can live this younger man's li- life. No offense, love Joan Allen, but, you know, he's got a young hot wife. Mm. Maybe there was only one kid and the kid was the, the kid that died. Yeah. And so he's like, I can live this young life now and I can do whatever I want. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's more of a motivation to yeah. stay there then yeah. uh besides like his oh you know current motivation well he's got my face and then i it's can be free and to commit his life crimes using the fbi or something yeah right. it's just i think it's kind of flimsy and there there isn't an emotional core like there is in the competition between deacons Deacon and, and, hale. and hale in yeah. broken arrow mm-hmm. um and that's the core of a freaky friday story is there's heart. Your life is better than mine. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Right. Who's playing with the light switch? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. Um, uh, something I thought about on the 101st time that I watched Face Off. Mm-hmm. Something else I thought about uh, when I watched Face Off. This movie's not very good. Oh, you don't think so? I think I've already told the story on the show about how I lost a date over um, trying to defend John uh, Woo's American films. Yes. Um Face Off has uh, got like an 80, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 82% on Metacritic. Uh-huh. Criticism is dead. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think that that's, that's true or that's that's accurate. Uh, and Broken Arrow is a 61 on Metacritic, 53 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Um, harsher, um, but uh, perhaps too harsh. Yeah, perhaps. I found myself... I really enjoyed Broken Arrow this time around. I thought mm-hmm. it was like a really good kind of B-movie. Yeah, yeah. It was like a B-movie, that's for sure. Um, what did you think about Face Off? I liked it. You've heard um, a lot. Yeah, You've heard the so rumors. I, I hadn't seen it before, and uh, this is actually... It was on my list of movies that I haven't seen. Just a short, yeah. quick ad for co-videos where we watch movies that, we, that I haven't seen, uh, and we watch films that... Maybe you haven't seen or haven't okay, it was, seen. It was in a nice while. up until the point that it kind of just trailed on for a long time. Okay, but. all right. Um, <laughs> but I well, I enjoyed it overall. Um, it's kind of silly. I mean, the concept is kind of silly. It and was like, going to be the script was for it was in the future. It was a sci-fi movie, right? And Travolta's like, or John Woo was like, no, I want the drama to to matter in this, which I think is the right move and mm-hmm. is admirable, but. Why'd you cast these two? Why'd you cast these two if that's true? Yeah, right. (laughs) These idiots. Um, I thought, okay, Nick Cage in the beginning is, he's just eating it up being uh, Caster Troy and like, he's horrible. He's absolutely horrible. But, I don't know, I feel like when when, uh, he has Travolta's face I mean, he's horrible. He's still horrible, but I, don't, I almost feel like he's not as bad. What if they were switched? Oh, if it's they were switched? That, yeah, it's true that Nicolas Cage is, you know, is the best terrorist. 
and John Travolta is probably the best like, cop guy. But remember, for the majority of this film, they right. will be the other they person. They will be switched. So yeah. what if Travolta was, again, like I said, like this older figure, but then he gets in the body of Nick Cage uh-huh. or the face of Nick Cage or whatever. And then he's like, ah, woo! and he's like doing all that. And we get to see him do yeah, it. Yeah, right. And it's different because maybe he wasn't like that before. There's On one side, we really emphasize the psychosis that Sean Archer feels. Yes. Literally wearing the face of the man he's been tracking for yes. 10 years who killed his son. Like yeah. He really has problems with this. And then we put drugs on top of it and it's even worse. Uh-huh. And Gaston Trey's just walking around. He has no problem with no. it whatsoever. No. And this guy's been hunting him. You would think he'd... He just he like you said before he's a sociopath he doesn't care yeah but what it's but that's you can't play that like what it's more interesting if there's he, if he's there's emotional weight there yeah you know? and yeah. instead it's just you know John Travolta doing his Jim Carrey stuff yeah I know John I, I got all these John John uh, can I call you um, in, in Dina Menzel or whatever um, <laughs> I got these ideas what if I did like smoking and then I went. <laughs> I know. Um, and then like I don't know I lost my train of thought um, well, I'll pick it up uh, okay surprise Tom Jane this movie yes! has surprise Tom Jane surprise Tom Jane who is also doing a thing yeah. it's like everybody came on and John Woo's like see the sign yeah you must have a thing you must have a thing oh man I gotta get a thing together and not only does he have shoes he has metal shoes that are magnetized <laughs> to the floor <laughs> can I just like say that my guy doesn't have to wear the shoes <laughs> you have to wear the shoes <laughs> um, I like the idea of and we just watched something else that was kind of like this what's the last movie we just watched <laughs> uh, is, I'm so tired Clockwork Orange uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh no broken arrow oh broken arrow well anyway the point is is that i like the idea that he is sean archer is kind of forced to go rogue you always have those movies where oh oh, no james bond's gone rogue oh mi5 is trying to hunt him down or whatever yeah um and in this it's he doesn't even want to be rogue but he literally has the face of the guy everybody's looking for Mm -hmm. so now he is you know has is driven to ground and he's a bad guy right and the movie uh is too long it's two hours and 20 minutes. It'd be perfect. It is long. At about an hour 45, two hours tops. And I noticed there's just one extra time around the track that we don't need when he goes to visit his wife. And then we go through the extra day where she's got to get John Travolta's blood by stabbing him in his sleep. I know. But he doesn't know. And then and then we go back and, you know, she realizes that um, Nicolas Cage is not her husband that she has been sleeping with. Mm-mm. That's called rape. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie... Once again, not that kind of movie, I guess. I guess. But I like the fact that it isn't, like, soul-crushing for her. I'm I'm not trying to minimize anybody's response to something like that. But I like the fact that she's just like, all right, we got to kill this son of a bitch. Yeah, right. we got to take him out, and I'm I'm willing to help you take him out. Yeah. And because I had an encounter with somebody who I thought was you and wasn't, that's violating, but it's not going to break me. we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. He killed our kid. Yeah. Exactly. I, I like that. Although the fact that it's just treated like a, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, like, oh, you're not so-and-so. Is yeah. Like, wow. I, right. Wow. Um, I, I remember what Mike I was going to say. Uh, Baby. Mike Myers. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. 
uh, really understand why they had to kill uh, Caster Troy's ex-girlfriend. Uh, besides, I guess, to make the kid So part the kid of the was family. free to be adopted. It's, that's not how adoption works. No, it's not. Hey, Eva, I just brought this kid home from the last shootout I was in. Okay. Let's yeah, rub his, he's rub part his of face. The family now. He's I in know. the family. That was a weird, weird thing. We got to have a thing. His family bad, has to have a thing. Got bad memories about me trying to defend that to. To a, to a woman who is looking at the door. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's some incredible stunt work in this film. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I've told you the story. I'll tell the audience, too, about the boat chase that's at the end of the yes. film. A film that's already too long. Yes. honestly forces the funeral of the deputy director of the FBI to a beachside chapel so we'd be close to the marina right. so we could have a boat chase at the end. Yes. A boat chase that was supposed to take place in Hard Target. And they had everything yes. set up. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme's like, I don't want to go on a boat. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll put a wig on the stunt guy and have put him on a horse and we'll do that instead. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> the asshole from Brussels. I didn't realize that they had everything set up and then he was like, I don't want to go on the boat. Yeah. Like, Great timing, John Claude. Yeah, Could have said his, that a long time ago. Had to meet his coke dealer. Um, uh, I like the fact that you pointed out that there's a whole the whole story that tells uh, Joan Allen's character that this really is her husband. Yes, is him talking about taking her out for a date when they were teenagers or whatever, and they went out for surf and turf. But she's a vegetarian, and you flash back to like you know half an hour, probably forty five minutes earlier in the movie. Uh, John Travolta as Castro Troy, you know, makes uh, a, a dinner for the romantic dinner and it's lobster and all this stuff. And she's like, wouldn't you think that was weird? Yeah. Wouldn't she be like, honey, Forget you know, I'm a vegetarian. He has a totally different dick than my husband. But <laughs> honey, why'd you make me lobster? Exactly. You know, I'm a vegetarian. You know, yeah. I'm allergic. Wouldn't there have been a conversation? I just, I mean, I just feel like that was like, I mean, she told him he was acting weird, but she could have been like, you're acting weird. You know I'm a vegetarian. Why did you make lobster? <laughs> yeah. Why are you smoking like that? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, amazing. Um, speaking of the boat chase, it's a pretty good boat chase. It is a pretty good boat and chase. It's like this entire movie, completely ridiculous. Yes. Because at one point, Nicolas Cage's boat drives through another boat, which then, you know what the fuel tank is on a boat? This boat... It, this boat is like Hiroshima going off. I, I know. And Nicolas Cage's boat comes flying out of this fireball. He's fine, of course. I know. Um, I just was like, how is this even possible? But it runs right up against the problem of the um, the increase in you know uh, lensing technology and resolution of a picture because there are a lot of stuntman facing this. A lot. <laughs> like a guy is you know he's skiing on the side of the boat or whatever. Yeah. It, that's not them. And yeah. then the thing where the boat. <laughs> Their boat hits something and they both fly off it and the boats are flying through the air. Yes. They're flying through the air. Yes. I have no idea what's going on. Yes. They survive a 50-foot fall sideways. Uh, it's just two... Two stunt guys. Two guys in ties. It's yeah. just not them at all. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. I mean, it just happens, but... <sighs> <laughs> the, okay. Yes. This time, it is the future. Mm. It's 2028. Mm-hmm. Adam... Caster Troy's son, yes. raised by Sean Archer, mm-hmm. is now a father himself. Uh-huh. And let's say let's say he works for the FBI. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Caster Troy is a part of him still. 
Yes. Some things run deep. Uh-oh. And so he loses he begins to lose his personality and starts to become the caster uh, this is just the return of the joker from batman beyond but <laughs> starts to become caster troy in the meantime um dominique swain's character his adoptive the, the, sister uh, is not a cop or is maybe he's not a cop he's not a cop she goes into the fbi uh-huh. she goes i'm gonna get rid of this nose piercing and i'm gonna join the force uh-huh. so she's a cop he starts to act weird Face off to face offer. Make uh, me an offer on this face. Whoa. whoa. And then Adam, he, he runs a face stealing uh, terrorist business where they sell faces to the highest bidder. Oh, it's my the God. future. Face off to face offer. <laughs> Would think? they get John Woo back? I don't know where John Woo is right now. I I heard he went back to Hong Kong. He's doing films over there. That's I I looked him Good. up. Um, but I want to know. I bet why that's not he, quite as fun now. Yeah, now I want to know. Hong Kong is Chinese. Yeah, I want to know like why he decided to do that. Because he just wasn't wasn't happening. Yeah, he made another Nick Cage movie, a movie that Nick Cage uh, called Wind Talkers, which was about Navajo code talkers in World War II. Sounds okay. like a great idea, but also a pretty sensitive subject. How many doves do you think we can fit onto this battlefield? Yeah. The Battle of the Dove, Doves. Mm-hmm. And so that was not well received. Um, he then made a, a big Chinese epic, a two-part film called Red Cliff. I think that was considered his return to Chinese cinema. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it it might have had some American financing. It came out over here as um, one film. Um, but yeah, and that is, of course, like based on the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Also kind of mixed reviews, mm. but, you know, if you want to overstuff Chinese epic, that's your way to go. And, yeah, he just kind of does that now. So, I don't know, man. Oh, man. John the 90s Wu. are weird. Yeah. There's a lot. We grew out of a lot of things. Yeah. Pogs. Yeah. That lipstick where it's like, it's all dark, but then you also go around the edges of your lips with a with a dark with lip liner. With a lip liner? Yeah, I know what you're doing. What you're saying. Uh, Frosted tips. Uh, ta- Tamagotchi. Yeah, Tamagotchis and Pogs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird time. It was a weird time. And it was a time uh, when it was okay. Jeans on purpose. When it was okay for, there's just so much unmined stuff. It's okay for a terrorist to take on the life of the man whose son he killed. Then ogle his... <laughs> His his daughter, not his, his daughter, daughter, but daughter, yeah. uh, his enemy's teenage daughter yep. in panties. Yep. Then go to the grave of the of the son that he killed yep. on the anniversary uh, or on his birthday, I guess, mm-hmm. and just be like, "Yeah, I don't like this." <laughs> just like <laughs> I don't know what you do. I mean, you don't want the crying to get in the way of the guns, but I know you're opening us up for a lot here. Yeah, I know, and we don't really follow up on it. A lot of flipping. I think if these guys just held still, they might hit something with their guns. <laughs> but, like, Nicolas Cage is doing, like, full-on side flips and front flips trying yeah. to shoot somebody. Yeah, with his gold guns. With gold guns. Um, Yeah, so that part when he, as Caster Troy, as Sean Archer, walks in on his teenage daughter uh, in her underwear. Yes. As a former teenage girl. <laughs> there is no flipping way... You would be okay with your dad seeing you in your underwear, and you'd be totally cool with that. He's probably. It would be like you would be like, "Dad, privacy, please." That, out. That's the you thing know? about these films, though, is that, and I don't know. There's two different screenwriters or two different, you know, 
pairs of screenwriters on both films. There's there are all these like character bits that John Woo has in his films, and sometimes they're really weird. Example, uh, I don't know, just anything that any of the villains do in Hong Kong action movies. Mm -hmm. You know, the the guy with the bowl cut who rides the motorcycle and hard boiled, Mm -hmm. which is really weird. Or I don't know. Um, And then there's all these like things that are like character bits, but they'd be really, I don't know, they just work for some reason when a Chinese voice and face is saying them. Okay. But then you try to get like a the guy that was in Hairspray to do them, Uh and it's like this doesn't work. This is weird. The way that he talks to Margaret Cho is the person that works for him at the FBI. He's got a team of like the biggest idiots working for him in this, you know, the CTU like office. Right. And he's just the yeah, the things that he says to them are just so weird. He and like touches her face a couple there's, of well, times. There's, this is all about they would never survive the COVID outbreak. They'd all be dead. <laughs> that about their family with a face yeah. and thing it just that would be that there you go we could add that to face offer you know, <laughs> another outbreak hits and the world is devastated we all need faces that are germ-free and adam adam archer's got him himself um i don't know where i was going but the point is is that there's just all these like little character things that are interesting the suck my tongue thing is like you could have tested that it's It's just weird but i don't know what i'm saying is is that i liked face off the least i've ever liked it this time that i watched it oh no it's probably the second time that i've seen broken arrow but i was like that was okay okay so So i don't don't know everything everything is shaken for me uh um i liked them both um yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess I just kind of liked how ridiculous I felt like Face Off was, but um, that how is that not like a, a midnight movie or a? Um, it should be. Get, eat eat uh, eat a, a, a marijuana dope brownie movie. <laughs> what is it? Uh, what are, don't people like uh, get high and watch movies or something? Yeah, sure. That, I don't that, know. That'd be a great get high movie. Yeah, yeah. Because especially Nick Cage acting so weird at the beginning. And, um, yeah, all the time when he like sees his reflection and as, as there are uh, parts where yeah. it's, it's literally like John Woo just yelled off camera, do something Nick Cage. Yeah. And so he's like, I know I'm doing a, he, he does, a vampire's kiss face. Yeah. He, he, he goes, woo a lot. <laughs> yeah. Especially and also, like in the prison fight. You I know? noticed too that they, I think they had, you know, they married a lot of those takes together cause you do. A huge crowd scene. Tom Jane and 200 extras are there. Yeah. And you're kind of moving the camera around. So you just get a lot of footage, right? Mm-hmm. But then you kind of clip it all together. And when you do, he's now said woo nine times. Yes. <laughs> or like when he does the thing where he goes to the guard and he's like, I'm out of cigarettes. And the guy's like, yeah, I get back in line. And I said, I'm out of cigarettes. Bam. Because he needs this cigarette for this plan where he's going to burn somebody with a cigarette later somehow. Yeah. And yeah. so after the guards beat him up and they take him away, he holds up the cigarette and he's like, Anybody got a light? <laughs> but as they're taking him out, they're taking him from the middle of this room, like 60 yards to the exit, and we shoot it with all these different sort of angles, and so he ends up saying, anybody got a light, seven times, and well, at that true. point, it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to get some new material. <laughs> I thought this guy was funny. This guy was a joker. Yeah, right. Like, get say something else. Don't keep just repeating yourself. Or and, just like... shoot it in a way that he says it. We see Tom Jane. We see, I think Alessandro Nivola is gone at that point. Establish somebody else. Oh, no, we see um, 
character actor, can't remember his name, but the guy who runs the prison is like, oh, yeah, this guy thinks he's special, but he's not special. Right. And then as he's getting taken back through one last time, have him repeat it again. And he's through the door. I see what you're saying. But I think yeah. Wu just was like, no, we'll just get a bunch of this and just just do your stuff. Just do do your bits. Yeah, right. And then they put it all together and he's doing a lot of the same bits in different takes. Yes. So that he, there's that moment where he's like, woo, I'm having fun. I almost decapitated somebody with a lunch tray. And then yeah. he's like. <laughs> ah, ah, I know. <laughs> and we get that. He does that like three times. And yes. it's like, did you want to make that a three time moment or this is why this movie is, is this just continuity two hours and 20 minutes <laughs> is this, why, this is why the movie is two hours and 20 minutes yeah the prison is an, is an oil derrick a lot of ideas in this film i know yeah. i know but he gets away anyways it's like, also it's a, he jumps it's a, off and the helicopter's like well he's gone it's a black ops prison right yeah. so castor troy and pollux troy international terrorists are there Dubov, Frank Zabak is there. Dubov is, he must be somebody. I'm assuming he's uh, some apparatchik or uh, yeah. Russian gun runner or something like that. But then you've got like, oh, snap guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Nick Cage says something to somebody. And then there's a guy that goes, it's like a you know 18-year-old black guy. He's like, ooh. <laughs> is he a computer hacker? Why is he in the black site prison? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then at one point they come to Nick Cage and they go, you got a visitor. There's visiting hours at the Black Site Prison? I know. <laughs> Why did you guys think this through? Well, and like, <laughs> but I think what's great about that is, um, you know, he thinks it's going to be one of the two people besides the doctor who, yeah, yeah, who yeah. But you know, just works saying, for the FBI. But it's so nonchalant. It's, just yeah, like, it's like any prison movie where they got, you know, you got to get cleaned up. You got a visitor. Yeah. You Do know, they have a work release? Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Why are All right, you punch out back yeah. to the Black Side Prison, get in yeah, the helicopter. Exactly. And they leave him alone with him, too, which I thought He's was Sean weird. Archer. I know, I know. Or is he? Right, exactly. It's like looking in a mirror, but not. He does say not! <laughs> Broken Arrow and Face Off, you know him, you love him, and watch him. <laughs> if that's what you want to do. Yes. All right, that's it. Yes. We went too long. I always do. Like Face Off, we went too long. I love the news too much. (laughs) It's hard to know what to cut, you know? Well, Uh, there's a lot of things we could probably cut. I guess. Um, And also, it's just, you want to talk about, I don't know. I think we did a good job. I think we brought something up here. The the cool smoking films of John Travolta. I think Mm, we were pointing mm -hmm. something out. Right. But... What do you say? What like you... Face Off, mm-hmm. which is 20 pounds a movie in a five pound bag. Mm-hmm. Just trying to tackle the, the what John Travolta was doing in his post Pulp Fiction resurgence. <laughs> we could have watched Michael. Oh, boy. Remember that? I, I don't think I've ever seen it. He's Isn't a bad he, actor. He, I decided. I finally wow, decided. Wow. Wow. Is he an angel in, in uh, Michael? He is, a, he is an angel. Yeah. Yes. Not okay. COVID. <coughs> yes. Not COVID. 
Yes, um, he is an angel. Mm. And that movie is from hell. Uh, let's say that if you want to disagree with us about Michael being from hell, mm. uh, you can tell us about that on socials of the media. Yes. Just Enough Trope on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the old familiar places. You can join with us and talk with us about movies, TV shows, comic books, whatever you like. Mm -hmm. Also, we're on Discord, so I would encourage you to join us there. Uh, We chat about all this sort of stuff as well, as well as off-topic subjects. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about Star Trek, you can do it there. Mm -hmm. It's a safe space. It is. We also talk about, uh, excuse me, we're also on social media. It's just, it is late. It is we're late. Also, we're also on uh, listening uh, serve platform services. You want to take this part? Uh, yeah, we're on listening platform services. Um, <coughs> like, um, I... Nope, I'll take it. Oh, iTunes, okay. Stitcher, you got it. You know it. Go there. Subscribe to the show. Rate it. Come on. Uh, Rate us and review us. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, um, you watch me do it. You watch me do it for seven cool, years. Cool smoking cigarettes. This is five cool smoking cigarettes. <laughs> You've just made a hash of this whole thing. <laughs> uh, d- yeah, give us five stars if you dare, <laughs> if your conscience can handle it. Oh, I know That's five it. faces. It's too late. It's too late. And the answer was five butterflies. That's what he had instead of doves. <laughs> give us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully well rested to talk about something else. And until then, we are signing off. I am your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Keep the geek fires burning. Yeah.